Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 534. And the James Gang on Rock 102. No, that's not the James Gang. That's the Eagles on Rock 102. Uh, are you okay? I know we're playing the James Gang later on today. That's all I can tell you. That's why I was confused. I got well, a little confused. Well, we eventually we'll play everything anyway. It's going to be uh, mostly sunny today with a high of 65. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 64. It's 47 right now in downtown Springfield. Wild show today. Not only Scott Zolak. We're going to talk about uh, the Patriots and Bill Belichick and Mac Jones and all that stuff with him. Mm-hmm. But also today, Ian Hill, the founder of Judas Priest, is the original bass player. Ian or Ian? It's Ian. Is he, uh, is he causing all that destruction down in Florida right now? He's probably busted up his share of hotel rooms in Florida, but I can't say he's hit the coast. Not that hard. Well, you never know. Uh, but uh, Judas Priest is coming to the area. In fact, they're going to be at the Oakdale on October uh, 13th and at the MGM Music Hall in Fenway on the 16th of October. So we'll talk to Ian Hill after 7 o'clock today. Sounds like a plan. Hell of a show. It's 535 yeah. with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Fall is here. And so is the Big Bunk. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 551. And Blue Oyster Cult with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's going to be nice today. Uh, sunny and a high of 65. Tomorrow, sunny and a high of 64. It's 47 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well through the pump and into the house. Oh, yeah, i got to push that button there. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So, from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Rapper Coolio was found dead yesterday on the bathroom floor of a friend's home in L.A. He was only 59 years old. The cause of death is unknown. Coolio's manager said the paramedics think it was a heart attack, and law enforcement said they didn't find any drugs or paraphernalia. Coolio was known for the song Gangsta's Paradise, won a Grammy in 1995 for Best Rap Solo Performance. His other hits include the theme song for Nickelodeon's Keenan and Kel, or Keenan, yeah, I never saw that one. You never saw Keenan and Kel? I might have. Keenan Thompson? Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. And uh, called Aw, Here It Goes, uh, Van- Fantastic Voyage, I like that one. That's a good one. Uh, and one, two, three, four, something new. Uh, that's one of my favorites. You know, it's weird that uh, a guy wins a Grammy yeah. for uh, Gangster's Paradise. Yeah. When, in fact, that's just a, a lifting of a Stevie Wonder song. Well, aren't most songs uh, lifted from other artists I know, but and you're like turned you're, into their own? But you're basically <laughs> winning a Grammy off a Grammy-winning record by a musical genius like Stevie Wonder. Yeah, but I also think because uh, at the time it was like uh, cult- cultural connotations to it that uh, may have been, you know, because, I mean, oh, he's he's trying to help the youth of America and, you know, that listen, kind of thing. Listen, I'm not being critical. He picked, yeah. one, he picked one of the better tracks off uh, off that record. But nevertheless, that mm-hmm. song winds up grabbing two Grammys. What's the name of the original song? Uh, so you don't even know. It's from uh, Songs in the Key of Life. Why am I blanking on the name of the song? It's uh, The Other Key of Life. The, no, the no, door no. lock. <laughs> Why am I blanking on it? That's yeah, all right. It's, uh, it, it's not Gangster's Paradise. It's uh, something else paradise. Well, anyway. I'll figure it out. Coolio's dead. That's, that's kind of what I just wanted to tell you. Uh, Haley Bieber appeared uh, on the podcast Call Her Daddy yesterday, and she gave up some personal information. For instance, she claims that neither she nor Justin are into threesomes. 
quote, we've worked very hard to be in this space that we're in now and like trusting each other. And there's like a beautiful trust and bond. I just don't think that's something I would be comfortable with or him for that matter. So she's not into it. Not into it. I think there needs to be like a whole set of rules and maybe a chart, some uh, bar graphs so that everyone's on the same page. By the way, it's pastime paradise. Oh, pastime paradise. Yes. I didn't even know that until you just told me that. You didn't know that was a Stevie Wonder song? Nope. It's a good one. That's what I'm thinking. Most people probably don't know that that's what that was. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she also admitted that her favorite per- her favorite position is uh, the canine way, if you will. Oh, I don't know what that one is. Is, Justin, that the, is, that, is that the one where they're drinking out of a toilet? Justin, give me the Rin Tin Tin. <laughs> good girl. Good girl. I just got Justin Bieber on a Rin Tin Tin. That sounds like one of those dirty Kim Kardashian yeah, no kidding. That she does. Now, is that the one where you swat her in the nose with a rolled up uh, newspaper? Uh, yes, yeah. So you, and then you rub her nose in it. Right, because yeah. you've been scooting on the carpet. Yeah. Bad girl. Bad girl. You just had those carpets cleaned. She's got to learn a lesson. <laughs> and she attempted to uh, put to rest the rumor that she stole Justin from Selena Gomez. Quote, I can say, period, point blank, I was... Never with him when he was in a relationship with anybody. That's the end of it. Well, there you go. I'm convinced. And poor Selena Gomez. She's actually a pretty good actress. I like her on that show, uh, Only Murders in the Building. That's a great show. It is a great show. It's for uh, for older folks like us. <laughs> you know, older folks that remember who Martin Short and Steve Martin are. Right. Not the uh, the two old guys from TV. Uh, in recognition of Hocus Pocus 2, which is coming out on Friday on Disney+, Plus, BuzzFeed put together a list of behind-the-scenes facts about the 1993 original. Do you even care? I've never cared for anything more in my life. Leonardo DiCaprio was supposed to play Max Dennison, but he turned it down to do a movie called What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Boy, that was a mistake. I know, huh? Uh, the role of Winford Sanderson was written by uh, written with Cloris Leachman from uh, Young Frankenstein in mind. Frau Blucher. Ah, there you go. Uh, Ralph the dog belonged to Kathy Najimy. Sure. Yeah. Did you ever see this movie, Hocus Pocus? Uh, no. And you know why I didn't see it? Because everything about it looks stupid. Well, you know, I was reading this. I've never seen it. I've always seen bits and pieces of it when it like, runs on TBS on a Saturday afternoon. Right. Um... But I was reading this article yesterday saying, like, this movie sucked, and why are we putting so much effort into making this sequel to something that wasn't good to begin with? See, I remember uh, when it came out looking stupid, and I remember reviews confirming exactly what I thought it would be. So if my gut instincts are saying, this is too stupid to waste money on, and every critic in the world is saying, hey, this movie's too stupid to waste money on, then I guess my feeling is it was probably too stupid to waste money on, and I won't do it a second time. Yeah, I've made that mistake many times that I've never... I was, I'm not going to watch this again. No. I already got screwed in the theater out of $8. Back when tickets were $8. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Kodak Black teamed up with a charity to help save 28 people from eviction at a housing project in Florida. He said, quote, I'm a project, baby. I do it for the projects, and project stands for people relying on just enough cash to survive. Oh, that's an interesting thing. Oh, well, has that always? I wonder if that's has that always been the definition. Uh, not that I knew of. 
Uh, you know, didn't I just say to you yesterday, Bax, we don't do enough Shania Twain stories. You are saying that. Yeah. Shania- and, I, and I think I said, oh, yeah, we are. And, and we don't do enough Shania Twain and Oprah Winfrey stories. I think I was specific when I said that. You're right. Yes. Well, Shania Twain remembers a terrific dinner she had with Oprah. It was going great until they started talking about religion. Oprah's very religious and set in her ways. So Shania had to quickly change the subject. See, I would think it would be the other way around. I didn't think Oprah would be, like, very much into religion. Well, I don't know about that. You just, you know, you never know. That's a personal thing. She doesn't really share it that much. Well, apparently she likes to bring it up at dinner with Shania Twain. Oh, uh, yeah. You got to be, you got to know the room. Yeah. I would never bring up a, a religious discussion over a meal unless it was the Last Supper. That's the only time it's okay to bring up a religious discussion. Exactly. Hey, yes. what's going to happen to this guy? <laughs> And that's your Hollywood <laughs> Trash on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Are the rise in prices for gas and other expenses? And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Benjamin Moore Paint, Cabot Stains, plus rock-solid painting advice and expertise. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, as a moderately respected member of the local media, I am sometimes called upon to interview people. That is a process by which I ask a series of questions, and at the conclusion of each of those questions, I assume the guest will try to answer my questions to the best of their ability. What I would not expect is for the guest to answer the same question 12 times, asked in 12 different ways. Why am I bringing this up? Well, perhaps it has something to do with Bill Belichick being criticized for giving some evasive answers to the same question over and over again that he's been receiving for the last 22 years. Yesterday, during his daily press conference, Bill Belichick was asked repeatedly about the ankle injury sustained by Mac Jones on Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens. Reporters also asked repeatedly when he expected Mac Jones to return. The answer was that the team was taking it day by day. Now, you would think that after 22 years, journalists would come to realize that's how Bill Bill Belichick answers that question. Moreover, that's the only way that Bill Belichick answers that question and yet he was forced to give the same answer 12 times why because i don't believe these reporters came prepared to ask him anything else things became so in so tense that at one point bill belichick responded to one reporter by saying quote do you think i'm going to read an mri that's not my job on 12 different occasions during this press conference he answered each question about mac jones by repeating the words day by day day by day Oh, dear Lord, three things I pray. I pray that one day Bill answers a question uh, or with an actual answer. I also pray the press learns to ask better questions. I also pray they learn to accept his evasive answers because after 22 seasons as the head coach of the Patriots, you would think the New England sports press would be used to this by now. He's never going to tell you what you want to know. He's never going to give you a different answer to the same question. And you're taking up his very valuable time as he tries to figure out how he's going to walk into Green Bay on Sunday with Brian Hoyer as as his quarterback. I'll tell you how, by taking it day by day. But hey, number my yappin' sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm looking at the Ego battery-powered leaf blower now. 180 bucks at Rockies. I'm looking at the Rockies website or the Rockies app, or you can pick up the flyer right there in the store. What's on sale at Rockies? It's always at your fingertips at Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock.
Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 611 with Bax and Nagel and Fleetwood Mac on Rock 102. It's going to be uh, mostly sunny today with a high of 66. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 65. It's 46 in downtown Springfield. Jammed up show today. Scott Zolak will be joining us after 8 o'clock. We're going to talk about uh, Patriots football. Brought to you by uh, Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the National Football League. And then uh, after 7, Ian Hill, the uh, the bass player for Judas Priest. They're going to be uh, coming around the area uh, next month, including uh, the Oakdale on the 13th of October and the MGM Music Hall at Fenway on the 16th. So Ian Hill will be joining us uh, talking about their 50th anniversary tour. Ooh, 50 50th. years really? of kicking ass. Uh, sounds like a, I, I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, so uh, last night, uh, you know, I, I live in the town of Mayberry, very much, uh, you know, <laughs> We have we have like an Andy Griffith cop. You got Otis, you know, the town drunk. Oh yeah, they you know he gives him the keys to the cell and he lets himself in and out whenever he needs to be put away for oh, a yeah. couple of times. Uh, but but I, I love my little town. It's a nice little community. It's nice and quiet, and uh, we got we got some really good things going on there that uh, sometimes I don't even know about. And uh, I'm at the local market the other day, <laughs> and I. Run into one of the guys that uh, that runs the market there, and uh, he's like, hey, there's an open mic comedy night uh, at the Comfort Kitchen down the street on Wednesday night. In Huntington. In Huntington. So, uh, you know, we decided last night, so let's uh, let's go check out the uh, the open mic comedy at the uh, at the Comfort Kitchen. So Now, for those of you who are not aware of open mics, this yeah. is uh, where uh, local comedians yeah. try to uh, work out their uh, their material. Uh, and sometimes uh, this is when they're, these are the beginning steps to a broad and successful comedy yeah, career. Right. And, 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 you know, that's the thing you have to keep in mind when you're watching an open mic. Yeah. You can't go there and go, oh, man, this sucks. <laughs> the, the whole idea of it is to workshop material. Yeah. I mean, and, you're, you're not going there expecting yeah. to see hilarious hijinks say like uh, – like a carrot top, or, yeah. you know, you're not going to get that kind of entertainment. Yeah, so we, I went with my girlfriend and her son. We were, we celebrated his birthday, and then uh, then there was this open. We had dinner at the, at this Comfort Kitchen, which is a great place, by the way, if you're ever up that way. Uh, it's Comfort Foods. It's like meatloaf, and uh, they have like turkey dinners, and I like and, the sound of it already. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really good place. Well, anyway, they got this little tiny room off to the side. When somebody said there's an open mic in there, and I'm like, where the hell are they going to put this thing? <laughs> And there's a little room off to the side uh, of the restaurant. Right. And, uh, you know, there was jokes made about, you know, there was 30 chairs set up in there, but there was maybe 12 people or so watching and stuff. And most of the rest of them were comedians, you know. So <laughs> there, there, there was some uh, fun being made by uh, by some of the comics there. Well, I, I, I go, I went, there was a sign-up sheet for the comedians. Okay. And uh, we hadn't sat down and ate dinner yet, and it said sign up at 7, and the show was at 8. So we got there right around 7 o'clock, and I signed up. I was the first one. There was there was people who, this is what I always thought was funny about open mics. Nobody wants to go first. Not one person ever <laughs> wants to go first. And no one wants to be last no, either. No, but... I've done enough of these things back in the day, and that yeah. that was the thing. Like that's kind of like brought some memories back for me. Going, hey, I used to I used to love going to these things, and when I had time and didn't have children and didn't have a family to, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> back when responsibilities <laughs> yeah, yeah, ruined your life. Back when I uh, didn't have to pay for much, you know. Um, <laughs> so I was like, oh, this this is great. So I signed up. I I signed up number one. I was the first name on the list because I I always do that. 
Sure. I would rather go and do the set and get done with it and then leave the show. See, a guy like you, because you've, I don't know if you're aware of this, uh, you're a local radio icon. Yeah. Uh, your name has some uh, some dazzle, some cachet so. to it. Yeah. Every uh, every hack that's gonna that's gonna go to this thing's gonna see your name first and say, "Well, I can't follow that." Well, no, I, that, I can't compete with the likes of that comedic genius. Yeah, but that's that's not what my, my intention. No, was I know it's not your do. intention, but yeah. that's psychologically because you're dealing with people that are, you know, for the most part. You're very insecure and psychologically damaged. That if they see Steve Nagel on the list and he's first, yeah, you're on the fence about whether or not this should I be know. your first time. You say, well, no, not tonight. Yeah, well, here's the other problem is none of them are old enough to know who I am anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, get up there and I'm like, hey, is everybody the rock one or two? And then, like, three people clap and I go, oh, I'm, I'm that age now. <laughs> I'm... I was today years old yeah, when I learned that I, you know. Could, I, I never heard. thought I'd see the day when all my yeah. old Nickelodeon yeah. references would mean nothing. Right. Uh, hey, anybody see you can't do that on television? <laughs> you know, if you said the word what, they dash it with slime. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So so I go up and tell, you know, I, I, and I was encouraging because I was excited to see this. I thought yeah. this was great that not only... Have I not been to one of these in probably about 15 years, but also that it's happening right here in my town. It's only a mile away from my house. So uh, so I, I, I got up, I did, you know, probably two or three minutes worth of jokes, and then I, uh, I congratulated them for bringing this here. Congre- you know, you, that's awesome that you guys are working on this, and uh, I went on my merry way, and we sat and watched the entire show. That was the other thing, too. I, didn't, I also didn't want to, like, sit there and observe people you know, just get 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 out and get the jokes out. You don't need to analyze other people up there. You can't make. I mean, you could make fun of them. A lot of them knew each other, so they were making fun of each other. Right. Uh, but I wasn't at that level with them yet. You know what I mean? You don't like, know them. I don't know them, so it's not like I, I wasn't going to be able to sit there and insult them. Nobody was, you know, calling me out during the set or anything right. like that. Right. Uh, but it's really cool to see. It's really cool to see all these people come together and just. And and they're reading the notes and they're working on each joke and it's like you know that's the process that's yeah. the process how you write things you you go and see if you can make the other comedians laugh then you know it's probably a decent joke that's all that that's all that yeah. matters but you see all these guys writing notes because there's going to be other guys who will tell very similar jokes and yeah. you don't want to step on you don't want to step on toes and 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 do stuff that might you know, that that yeah. might be seen as the same. It, but it, I mean, at that level, it shouldn't matter. But it it does matter to people. Yeah, but, but I mean, like there must have been five of them that got up last night and all had something about dating apps. But they all had their different take on dating, apps. which is fine. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I mean. It's like you know, you can't really judge that at an open mic. You kind of just got to say, <laughs> all right. I'm going to suspend the fact that four other people just talked about it, even though this guy, but it's, it's, it's good to hear all the jokes because then you can hear stuff being workshopped out. And I'm sitting there going, I should come back down here. Like when I have more time yeah. and like talk to these guys and like give them, cause I said, I had some really funny punchlines for some of these jokes. Actually, the guy that, uh, that, that, that just called up, uh, we can't even, we can't air it because I can't even, I can't give you the, uh, the joke. Well, well, it, it, he was talking about like a like a dating app or a place that he was going to open. Uh, it was something about pirates, right? And uh, he called it uh, Yo Ho Hose, and, and and that was the end of the joke, right? And I was like, yeah. and a bottle of 
Something. Something that rhymes with rum. That's what I that I suggested to him. I, and, and he said that uh, he went to another open mic after that and it worked for him. So good for him. Yeah. But uh, but that's the kind of thing that, that that's cool about that. You get to see a joke get worked out from beginning to end. And you see people, and you can tell which ones have had more stage time than the others. Right. But it doesn't matter. Even if you're brand new or you're, you know, you've been doing it a few years, it's still, everybody's working stuff out. <laughs> yep. Back in, we, were, we were talking about this with uh, with Marty Caproni yesterday, you know, back in the 80s, uh, when I was still in school and still coming out of school for a couple of years, a buddy of mine and I would go to every open mic we could get close to. And there were a bunch in town so we we go to open mics like two three times a week if we could yeah. and it, it, it's the same process you, you sign up it's it's uh you there were like two different guys that ran open mics one guy was a great guy and another guy was like the worst human being imaginable everything was, I mean, was just like the horrible human being but he'd have these open mics in these really cool rooms yeah and i remember <laughs> the one time the one thing i remember was I actually, and you're right, most of the crowd is other comics, but there was like one night where this guy actually had a crowd in a club right. and, a, and, a good, and, a, and a good one. And this guy comes up, and I think it's like his first or second time up ever. And uh, he did something on, st I've never seen a crowd turn against the guy so fast in my yeah, life. Yeah. The guy did a joke, <laughs> and I try to, try to imagine this. He's, he says, hey, everybody, I want to do my impression of a Eskimo uh, uh, pleasuring himself. Right. So the guy, now you try to imagine this, there's, there's people in the front row here, right. okay? The guy takes his uh, takes his hand and it has a bunch of ice cubes in his hand. <laughs> he shoves his hands in his pants, unzips his fly, and starts squeezing the ice cubes out of the front of his pants. Right. The first cube... This is unbelievable. Arcs up and lands right in this guy's drink. Million and one shot. Doc. Million and one shot. Now, yep. normally this guy would just fall to the ground. Right. This guy had, he, the dude had skills. Yeah. It went right to this guy's drink, and the guy in the front row was already loaded and wanted to beat the living crap out of this guy. He stood up and said, hey, what's going on? It's like, and, and, and I thought this... This yeah. thing would, was going <laughs> to, I thought there were going to be chairs yeah. thrown and fists all over the place. I've never seen a guy lose a crowd so fast. This was like his second joke. That's pretty damn good, though, to have the ice cube go right into somebody's drink. Right in the, right in the drink. Like you'd never be able to replicate that again unless you practiced for thousands of hours and still probably wouldn't get I it. I can't right. even say this guy was actually shooting for the drink, but it landed right into the guy's glass and uh, you know, booze was all over the place. And I thought, man, if this guy didn't have a career in comedy he's yeah. he's got like it's like a magic trick so you know? so what is he doing now <laughs> i believe he's dead well i mean that's the thing i'm sitting there watching it it's like you always gotta you, you gotta remember like there there could be the next you know uh, uh louis oh, ck or yeah. whoever like the, the, one of these people that you're watching here could be the you know at some day down the road the couple of guys yeah. that that, uh, that i worked with uh you know went to those open mics they're, they're still doing it you know 30 years later still have a comedy career and they're on their hands this guy i think i think he got beaten to death not at a yeah. comedy show but i think this was just his standard uh his standard this this was his hook you know oh. doing things that piss people off and then he got beaten up 
Oh well, that's gr- that's really not yeah. a way to do things. That's ta-da. <laughs> well, I guess if you're into that kind of yeah, I mean, humor, it's, it's not exactly my kind of thing, but, but uh, unbelievable. Well, well good, uh, good on uh, John Richter. I guess was the uh, the guy who hosted that uh, open mic in Huntington last night, and I guess it's every Wednesday. So head on down to the there Comfort Kitchen at uh, seven o'clock. It's six twenty three with Bax and Nagel and Rock one hundred two. It's here. It's 6.32 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Serve You Locksmith. They got a key for that, St. James Avenue in Springfield or serveyoulocksmith.com. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon, Steve Nagel. Thanks, Max. The National Weather Service downgraded Hurricane Ian to a tropical storm early this morning after its maximum sustained wind speeds fell to 65 miles per hour. The storm storm made uh, landfall near Cayo Costa. Is that how you say it? I don't, I don't even I don't know, know what that is. Yeah, somewhere in Florida. Just after 3 p.m. Wednesday is a powerful Category 4 hurricane with max sustained wind measured at 150 miles per hour. By 2 a.m. today, it uh, had weakened to a Category 1 with the maximum sustained winds of 75 miles per hour. But since this all happened as night fell, mm-hmm. we have no idea what the damage is. They're uh, starting to show some of the stuff on the Today Show here on the uh, the special report, and it looks pretty nasty. Yeah, it looks it pretty probably gross. probably will be uh, even worse, and we'll give you more updates as the, the day goes on. I got a notification yesterday when it hit uh, Fort Myers. It, uh, you know, there were storm surges of, like, you know, 18 feet, mm-hmm. which was you know, wiping out, you know, a, you know good uh, a good deal of uh, Fort Myers. But, you know, you talked yesterday about the guy you know that said, no, I'm 10 miles inland, I should be fine. No. No. No, he's not. No. Not with 18-foot storm surges. When you've got a, a storm that's several hundred miles wide, 10 miles in ain't going to do you very much. Well, not only the storm surge, but then the additional rain on top of that. You know, you're still getting pounded with rain and wind. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, 10 miles? That doesn't seem very far. That's, uh, it's not. The uh, shooting victims found inside a home on Maynard Street Sunday night in Springfield have been identified. The Hamden DA's office has identified the victims as 42-year-old Grishel and 40-year-old Rolando Oferell of Springfield, the husband and wife, were found dead inside the home from apparent gunshot wounds. According to uh, Springfield Police Spokesman Ryan Walsh, a relative found the couple. The investigation is being conducted by the Springfield Police Department's Homicide Unit and the Hamden District Attorney's Office's Murder Unit. Um, Springfield Police are investigating after one person was shot in an incident late Wednesday night in the city's south end. Oh, is that what they're calling it? (laughs) Yes. Where'd you get shot? In the South End. Oh. In the fleshy part of the South End or like, say, like in the middle of the South End? Uh, No, uh, near the McDonald's. <laughs> Springfield Police Lieutenant David Arroyo confirmed that one person was shot on Central Street at around 10.30 p.m. The 22 News crew saw what appeared to be two people taken away on stretchers from the scene. Oh, my God. Did you see what happened? There was... There was some gunshots, and then when we got there, there was all these lights, and it was like, woo, 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 and they saw these two bodies being taken away. It was crazy. You know, when they report like that, I can really feel like they're working for me. They are working for you. There's no word on the condition of the confirmed uh, gunshot victim or the second person. So uh, 22 News will give you updates when they damn will feel like it. Or are told by Ryan Walsh. Hey, you remember that story from like two weeks ago when somebody got shot? We found out what happened. No, that- <laughs> a Connecticut man. So we should report on it like it's happening right now. Yeah. A, uh, oh, I'm sorry. A Chickabee man is asking for your help to find four dirt bikes. 
that were stolen from his garage last week. The theft came just days after he had listed two of the bikes on Facebook Marketplace and a few weeks after Western Mass News did a similar uh, story about a theft in Agawam. Yeah, they're trying to tie it into, hey, remember we told you about this? Well, it happened again, and it's over here in Chicopee. John Maslinski told Western Mass News the bikes were his and his daughter's, and he'd bought one of the bikes just a week before they were taken. He said the helmets were taken, too, and he estimated the value of everything stolen between $20,000 and $25,000, and unfortunately, his insurance won't cover it. $25,000? Yeah. These must be some hell damn fine bikes. But you got to remember, the price of everything is going up. So a bike that was, you know, $4,000 less than it was five years ago is now $4,000 more than it was. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess so. Mislinski uh, said he uh, noticed they were missing last Thursday morning. He goes, my wife and I had been outside. Uh, did you know you left the garage door open? So I went outside because I didn't think I did, and it was open. And I walked in, and all four motorcycles were gone. They could have taken anything, a lot more, but they were here for a reason. I think they knew because I was selling two of them on Marketplace, so I think that has something to do with it. This is, uh, that's a that's one of those things that, you know, I had a friend uh, who lived in a town. I won't say which one. What does it rhyme with? Uh, Bill Burbam. Don't know it. You know that one? Never heard of it. Well, uh, he he tried to sell uh, something online, like, a, like an ATV or something like that. Okay. And he, you know, no define, no description of where this thing was located. Just pictures of the the the, the ATV. And then he uh, he get he'd get inquiries of like, hey, uh, you know, is this still available? That kind of thing. And then he got this one saying, hey, he's like, I can give you cash today. I'm right down the street. Um, I live in Palmer or whatever. I can give you cash today. What's your address? Well, he's smart enough to say, yeah. That that's not gonna happen. <laughs> so he loaded it up on a, a either a trailer or whatever, and he said, "Hey, I'll meet you at the Wilbraham Police Department parking lot, and you can check this thing out." Sure. Guy never shows up, but he. But in the meantime, my friend had like uh, contacted people and, and said, "You know, hey, what's up with this guy?" And they're all like, "No, no, 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 no. He's known for stealing things." You see, this is you know, I mean, I've got things I'd like to get rid of. Things that uh, you know I've considered, you know, maybe putting up for sale. Yeah, but I don't want to have someone come to the house. I don't really want to pack up all my stuff and put it in my car without knowing for sure that the yeah. person I'm selling it to or showing it to is on the up and up. So I, you know, I'm real hesitant to use things like marketplace. Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, because you don't know who you're dealing with. Sometimes you know you, you don't you, know who's you coming don't, over the house. Sometimes I think every time. No, I mean, you know, I got rid of that pool, but it was somebody I knew. You know, the guy, he, well, he hasn't come and got it yet, but, it, but, he, but I put it up on Facebook Marketplace. Right. Uh, but, okay, but that's fine. So you, you gave it to somebody you knew. But, you know, do I want someone I don't know, know exactly where, well, uh, where, I live, where I live? I don't think so. Well, I'm very careful who I respond to as well. I suppose. Like, I do the research. Yeah, like, I if I don't know who you are and you don't have any, like, mutual friends or you don't even, like, uh, you know, you don't even know somebody who I know, mm-hmm. uh, that's, the, I'm not going to, I'm not going down that route. I hear you. Sorry, unavailable. I'm going to go do my Facebook uh, marketplace <laughs> smoozing somewhere else. A Connecticut man was arrested after Massachusetts State Police conducted a traffic stop for speeding on I-84 in Sturbridge. According to the Mass State Police, on September 12th, 
On September 12th. September, what's today? The 29th? No. This story is brand new. On the 12th? Yeah. Okay, go on. On September 12th, the trooper noticed a black Audi going over the speed limit. Trooper doused, again, without the first names, conducted a traffic stop, and the driver was identified as 30-year-old Marcus Riggins of East Hartford. Riggins did not have a driver's license and was placed under arrest. A search of his uh, vehicle uh, resulted in a handgun, 29 grams of fentanyl, 30 grams of suspected crack cocaine, and cash. Now, are we just learning uh, learning about this now because, was it like he indicted or something, or uh, court appearance, something like that? No, you know what it was? Uh, somebody said, hey, there's nothing much going on here other than this hurricane going on in Florida. Hey, local stuff? Oh, you got this uh, press release. Let's go back in and see the let's press go. releases from David Procopio from the Mass State Police. <laughs> and he said, let's say, oh, yeah, this guy got picked up for fentanyl. Here's one from uh, September 12th. But again, this uh, this gentleman who got arrested could have benefited from Steve Nagel's narcotics class where I could teach you on how to properly uh, obey the speed limit. And uh, still, you can obey the speed limit, still drive without a license, and still get your drugs across state lines. Come to Nagel's Narcotics class. I'll tell you all about how you got to keep your inspection sticker up to date, your taillights, mm-hmm. headlights. You know, I'm sure your curriculum will be largely yeah. just, uh, you know, flat-out common sense. I think there's a lot of people that really could benefit where this information would never even occur to them without uh, some classwork or, uh, you know, maybe an exam. Yeah. Remember that guy uh, Bubba Skillet from Hartford that got I do. arrested? Yeah, yeah, he, he's going to even do the uh, the testimonial for my class. Yeah, <laughs> that Nagel's narcotics class really helped me out. I was able to run drugs all the way from New Haven to Vermont and into Canada with no problem whatsoever. Thank you, Steve Nagel. That's right. I'm Bubba <laughs> Skillet, and I approve of this message. Uh, <laughs> I can see. I can totally see that. Arcade Snacks of Auburn, uh, Massachusetts, by the way. Yes. The story's out of Connecticut. The, the thing is, it's really not about the store. They're just talking, because it's from Channel 3 in Hartford, so they're talking candy corn that was sold at a grocery store in Glastonbury has been recalled. Well, then they find out that the, that the candy came from this place called Arcade Snacks of Auburn. Uh, they announced a recall of its 15-ounce packages of candy corn. You know what? Uh, I'll Boy. never have to worry about a recall of candy corn. No. I will never attempt to buy or consume candy corn ever again anyway. I don't understand why some people eat that stuff. The company, it's awful. The company said it uh, recalled the packages because they may contain, quote, undeclared egg. How about uh, unflavorful or disgusting? disgusting. Yeah. Right. The candy corn was sold at the Highland Park Market in Glastonbury. It was sold to five markets in Massachusetts. People who have allergies to egg run the risk of serious or life-threatening allergic reaction if they consume these products. Here's the thing. Don't eat candy corns. I think a lot of people get sick over the flavor of candy corn, regardless of whether there's undetected egg inside. You know, that stuff, this whole, I I make fun a little bit, but it's really not that funny. This this allergy thing can really be... uh, it can cause death in some cases. Yeah. I When I was in seventh grade, we had this janitor, uh, and he went into the teacher's lounge yeah. and took a cookie, um, and he didn't realize that there were peanuts in that cookie. 
like peanut products. Oh, boy. So he ate the homemade cookie. He had an allergic reaction, and the man died. He had a heart attack. Really? Yeah. Yeah, see, that's serious stuff. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, you got to be really careful uh, for people who have these uh, severe allergies and stuff. But here's the great thing about having tainted candy corn is nobody wants candy corn anyway. Wait, have you ever heard of like, oh, my God, there was a listeria outbreak in candy corn? You know, you know why? Because nobody really eats candy corn. <laughs> you'd, have to, you'd have to eat it to get sick. And no one really wants to have it. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Same thing with like uh, circus peanuts. Who eats that? Unless they're actual peanuts. That's the but only they're not. Gonna, they're know, those they're little orange things. Styrofoam. With the, they are. Yeah. They're like packing material. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be sunny with a high of 66. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 65. It's 46 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Football season is underway, and you can't wait to show your friends and relatives just... Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 650, and Billy Squire with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is going to be sunny with a high of 66 tomorrow. More of the same with a high of 65. It's 45 in downtown Springfield. Join Pat Kelly and the Rock 102 Road Crew tonight at the uh, Tap Sports Bar at MGM Springfield as uh, Miami takes on Cincinnati. He's going to be there tonight from 7 to 9. Someone could win uh, $5,000 thanks to, uh, to Coors Light and Rock 102. All you got to do is uh, hope that someone uh, gets a safety in the first quarter and someone wins that five grand. That's that can, right. The, how tough can that possibly be? Well, you got to be there to sign up to do it. Yeah, just, of course. We, uh, we don't want to just give that to anybody if, you know. <laughs> no, you, you do have to sign up. But Pat is going to be there with Coors Light, Rock 102 prizes, uh, tickets to see New England and Detroit in Foxborough on October 9th, and a solo stove bonfire. All that can be yours tonight. <laughs> At uh, Tap at MGM Springfield from 7 to 9 with Pat Kelly and the Road Crew. And Coors Light from Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. So I'm watching all this hurricane coverage. Yeah. You know, I, I still, I don't know why, for the life of me, that we put reporters' lives in danger by sending them out into the middle of a Category 4 hurricane just to show what it's like outside. Like, that's stupid. That's a really stupid thing to do. Well, it's even dumber now because you've got... <laughs> there's so many cameras outside, you know, st- you know, stationary cameras outside that can get. I mean, look, they're showing something on 22 right now. I mean, there's just unbelievable winds and trees falling all over the place. Yeah. You don't need a guy standing out there with a microphone being blown halfway across Florida to prove the point that that's not someplace you want to be. Right. Yeah, there's plenty of cameras everywhere. You could get footage, uh, you know, you could just go put a robot you know, one of them robot cameras out there. Yeah. You don't even need a robot. You just put the camera out there. You could take your uh, your phone, right, mm-hmm. and uh, duct tape it to, like, say, I don't know, a door or a window. That's all you really need. Well, uh, NBC2, a Florida reporter, uh, Kyla Gaylor, uh, was reporting on Hurricane Ian's landfall from a parking lot in Fort Myers, Florida, when viewers became distracted by a bulbous rubber casing on her microphone. It was a condom. She put the condom over the microphone. I did see this. Yeah. It had did. a reservoir tip. So then uh, people uh, are, are are chiming in going, NBC2 practicing safe microphone reporting during Hurricane Ian. NBC News now really got this woman out here holding a mic wrapped in a condom up to her face. Chimed another. Uh, a lot of people are asking, what's going on with my microphone? This is the reporter. She says... It is what you think it is. It's a condom, and it helps protect the gear. You can't get these mics wet. 
That's the whole point of wearing it. That's right. There's a lot of wind and rain out here, so we got to do what we got to do, and that is put a condom on the microphone. Now, uh, I wish we had like a intern or a producer to go get us a box of condoms and see how well you can hear yeah. when a condom is over a microphone. Because to me, it's not porous enough to get the sound through it. Well, it's all about vibration, Steve. It's the vibration. It's not uh, whether it's porous. I mean, I think you find if we were to put condoms yeah, on these microphones. But wouldn't it be muffled? Maybe slightly, but uh, you know, not uh, not enough to. You know, if I just do this. Well, you're talking through your hands, Steve. Yeah, but that's you're, you're talking through your hand. That's that's different. What, here, you know what? Let's try this. There's plastic over here. Okay. Let's see if we can do this. All Ooh, right. These V1 cups. All right. Well, the, the, yeah. but don't don't try the cup. Try the. Uh, no, I'm trying for the, the wrapper. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm I'm a little smart. I'm not gonna try. All right. Oh, the cups just dropped all over the floor. That's all right. Okay. All right. Can you hear me now? You yes. Can still hear? I don't get that. You don't. You don't sound that muffled. I don't. I don't get how it's still picking. I don't. I don't. Well, it's it's science, Steve, and I don't. You know, none of us have time to really explain science to you. Could you please stop doing that? What, about, what if I did this? See now. See now. It's muffled. Yeah, because you got like three inches of plastic well, in front of it. Because there's a condom over the top. Of it. You've also got your hand around it too. So if I even if I did that with my hand, it would make the thing sound like weird. There you go. Now it would be interesting if we can get like little rubber sleeves for our microphones that are ribbed for pleasure. Well, they, this is what she's got on her microphone. I know. This was like, a, you know, what about, uh, what's the big ones? The Magnums? The Magnums. Yeah. Yeah. That's for big uh, microphones. Now I got now I got microphone envy. That's Yeah. <laughs> that's if you're doing a big story. Uh, yeah, so she uh, puts the condom on uh, on this uh, microphone. Don't do, do they not make other things? Like, shouldn't a TV station have a professional? Yeah, but you know how, you know how broadcasting companies are? Yeah. Those things are going to be wicked expensive. But if you go to your, your local CVS and get a box of rubbers, those th- that's like you know, pennies on the dollar. Uh, like know. dirt cheap. You don't have to get good condoms. You just get the you know the crappy cheap ones. I guess so. But you know, the ones that are like only eighty five per you know, effective for uh, protecting you against you know, pregnancy and disease. Oh, like the Dollar Tree, the yes. Dollar Tree condoms. Right. The ones that with the expiration date on them. Well, they all have expiration dates on them. <laughs> but the but ones, the ones that, that have been expired? Exactly. Yeah, that's the one you don't want to get. Ian Hill from Judas Priest joining us in just a few minutes at 6.56 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. September means fall in New England. It also means fall golf. We've got a great fall. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Benjamin Moore Paint, Cabot Stains, plus rock-solid painting advice and expertise. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, last night, Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees belted his 61st home run of the season, tying the American League record for the most home runs in a single season, set by Roger Maris on October 1st, 1961. Now, by all accounts, that's a hell of a lot of home runs. And with seven games left in the Yankees' regular season schedule, it might be safe to assume that it may be only a matter of time before Aaron Judge surpasses Roger Maris with home run number 62. Although I should point out that it took seven games for Aaron Judge to hit number 61, but why split hairs? The truth is that while 61 home runs in a single season is a ridiculously impressive American League record, I would be remiss if I didn't point out 
the obvious disparity between the American League record and the one currently enjoyed in the National League, where the numbers are not even close. Because while 61 is great, it's a far cry from the 73 home runs that were hit by Barry Bonds in 2001, or the 70 home runs that were hit uh, by Mark McGuire in 1998, or the 65 that he hit the following year. And let's not forget the 66, 64, and 63 home runs hit by Sammy Sosa in 1998, 99, and 2001. Those three dudes hit a lot of freaking home runs. If only there was some sort of common thread tying those three guys together that may have accounted for all that extraordinary power. It really boggles the mind how Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa were able to do it over 20 years ago, and there hasn't been anyone coming even close in the American League since Giancarlo Stanton jacked 59 home runs for the Yankees five years ago without filling a single mandatory urine test that we know of. When you think of how this compared to the steroid era 20 years ago, and you think that it's been 61 years since someone drilled 61 home runs in the American League in 1961 without a drop of muscle-building steroids coursing through their veins, allegedly, then you realize how truly impressive this moment is. And while I would never in a million years intentionally wish good things on the New York Yankees or any of their players, I'm kind of hoping he gets it, because that would be awesome. But hey, and if I'm I yapping, sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You know, you can paint your own house, but I guarantee you are going to have a lot of questions along the way. That's why you go to Rocky's. At every Rocky store, there's at least one trained paint expert to guide you through your paint project. Good people, rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. So that's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Springfield. Rock 102, Springfield's cla- Classic Rock. It's 709 with Bax and Nagel and Judas Priest on Rock 102. I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with them. Really? You know, you know I'm, I'm so not familiar with them. I think I'm going to recuse myself from this next interview. You mean I have to handle this all myself? Uh, you know what? You're the big star, pal. I don't know about You're that. You're moving along. Hey, uh, Judas Priest, couple things. First of all, they're going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in November. It's only taken 53 years for that to happen, but it's finally going to happen in November. Also, they're going to be coming through the area. Uh, in fact, Pat Kelly will have tickets for their show at uh, which one? Oh, uh, yeah, at the Oakdale Theater on October 13th in Wallingford. Uh, and then they're also going to be at the MGM Music Hall at Fenway on the 16th of October. On the phones right now, one of the uh, original members of the band, bass player Ian Hill on uh, Rock 102. Good morning, Ian. How you doing? Not too bad. Thank you. Good to see you. Indeed, at last. Hey, uh, first of all, congratulations about the uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't I don't know what's better, you know, being elected into the Hall of Fame or never having to answer that question again. How come you guys aren't there yet? But congratulations, one way or another. Uh, thank you, thank you, appreciate it. <laughs> you guys are going in on November fifth. Yeah, it, it really does seem like it's very long overdue. It's taken fifty three years for you to get the the recognition you deserve. Metal seems to be like one of those things where it, it seems to be somewhat un underrepresented and that, that might be one of the reasons why you're going in with Dolly Parton and Lionel Richie on the uh, on the fifth tell me about the, the the validation of of finally getting recognized by the Hall of Fame well yeah I mean it's it's, it's always great when you're recognized by your peers you know um it's it's a different thing than being recognized by your fans I mean you know that you're being recognized by people who can also do what you do you know right. they, they know they know what it takes so um yeah it's all it's always nice uh, to be recognized by your peers um, and you're right, heavy metal seems to be uh, a little bit on the overlooked side, you know, in general. It has been around a long time. I think there's only ourselves 
Metallica and Sabbath, is it? I, I don't know. I, I can't think of any others who are, who are in there at the moment. There seems to be a little bit of, I don't, I don't want to say it's a bias against metal. Cause to me, it's like, you know, how do you, I mean, how do you deny the fact that this, this genre, which has sold millions of records and has you know millions and millions of fans around the world is, is somehow not worthy of being in it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. I think maybe it's, the metal's never been the, the prominent music, if you know what I mean. It's not like pop music, for instance. You, you talk, it's every day. You listen to it on the radio, in your car, or whatever. But metal's not like that unless you tune into the relevant station, you know. So it, it's not in your face like other music. So I think that's probably what it is. Are you all going to be there? I mean, is uh, is there anyone that's, that's not going to go? I mean, is, how healthy is Glenn? And I mean, is, is KK going to be there or do you know? Yeah, we're all going to be there. The present lineup's going to be there as well. I mean, we're on tour, so wherever we go, everybody goes. So uh, <laughs> whether they like it or not. So uh, so Andy and Richie are going to be there. Richie will probably perform. Um, uh, we don't know how yet. Well, obviously, we haven't had any rehearsals. But Ken's going to be there. And, uh, and Les Binks is going to be there. Oh, good. Um, together with Scott, of course. Uh, Glenn will be there. And if he's well enough, he'll play. He's itching to get there. I know he is. You know, he, he can't wait. And, of course, Rob and myself. Um, Dave Holland was inducted as well, but unfortunately Dave died. You know, he, uh, he performed a few years ago. So um, it'll be sad on his behalf, but I'm sure the rest of us will make up for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I talked to uh, to Rob Halford back in March, and we talked you know, at length about the longevity of uh, of Judas Priest and 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 the challenges of of staying together. I mean, you're the band's longest serving member and the, and and the founder of the band. In in your view, what do you think has kept this band together for for so long? I, I think there's it's, it's because we're all friends, basically. I mean, there's there's been a famous rift between Ken and Glenn, you know, over the years, but but um but but even so, I mean, when Ken and Glenn got along, they got along really really well, you know. Uh, and there's there's been ups and downs. I mean, Rob Rob went off there for a while, you know, but but the base of it all, we were still friends. I mean, I, I can remember after after Rob had been away for for several years, um, his mum and dad, who we all know really well, you know, they used to be my in-laws, you know, I was married to Rob's sister. That's we right. were invited to the we were invited to the same do he was, you know. And it was just like he walked in, we walked in. Ken and I, myself were there. Glenn couldn't make it for some reason. But Ken and myself went, and we just went up and hugged him, and it was like he'd never been away, you know. Yeah. And and not long after that, he came back to the band. I think that was a big icebreaker, you know. But we all realised how, how, how terribly we missed one another, you know. Yeah. So uh, it, it's all it's all gelled back together. You know? This is uh, Ian Hill from uh, from Judas Priest with me, and you know, I you know I grew up in high school. I was you know back in the early '80s or so. So I mean, I literally grew up listening to Priest and Iron Maiden and Black Sabbath, but What's interesting to me is like prior to 1969, when you guys started, I mean, there really was no heavy metal to speak of. I mean, I mean, there were, you know, maybe Led Zeppelin or, you know, Cream, maybe something, you know, close to that. But there really was no blueprint for you guys. I mean, you literally created this yourself. Tell me how you guys developed that sound and, and how you developed metal. Yeah, well, you, well as, you, as you know, it, it didn't happen overnight. Um, uh, when we first started in 69, Ken, myself, uh, John Ellis, uh, and uh, and eventually um, Al Atkins, 
we were playing, you know, covers, obviously. We were doing cream covers, funnily enough, Hendrix covers. <laughs> we did a few things by a band called Quite a Mass that have sadly been overlooked over the years, uh, amongst other things, you know. And um, you, you pick out the various little parts of the songs, and you think, oh, yeah, that's really good. And when, you, when you're coming to, to put your own stuff together, that stuff's in there, you know, and, and it, it sort of it surfaces and it comes out. And then it took, probably it was British Steel, then it had all gelled, it all come together, the, the music and the direction and, and the image, you know, and, and uh, that, that was when we became the definitive heavy metal band, I think. <laughs> and it did take that long. We, we were heavy rock, we were progressive rock, and all kinds of different names over the years, you know. It was, uh, that, I think that's when it gelled. I, I watched a video on YouTube, an early television appearance by, by the band, and, and you know, Rob's got long hair, he looks like he's 12 years old, and I mean, you all look like children, but... <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 funny how that sound had to develop out of. I mean, it almost sounded a little progressive in the in the in the beginning. And and when you hear Rob singing without screaming, you realize what an amazing talent this guy has as a singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Rob's Rob's voice and his style of singing. We're still evolving. It's still going on, you know. We, we, we still change with each album. We, we we try and make it a little bit different and try and make a step in the right direction. Even now, you know, after 50-odd years, we're, we're still trying to, still learning, basically. <laughs> We've almost got it right. Another year or two, I think we'll, we'll have it perfect, you know. <laughs> I was uh, I was reading that uh, that Rob Reiner, when he's uh, thinking about doing Spinal Tap, kind of had Judas Priest in mind or had some level of inspiration from you guys. You know, it's it's such a classic movie and and hilarious. When when you did he get it right? How close was his representation uh, of Spinal Tap to the way things were? He got it spot on, absolutely spot on. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit of artistic license there, you know. But wandering around backstage, can't find you know. Hello, Cleveland. We've all done that, you know. Um, things showing up for your stage set, and it's not the right size, or it's the wrong color, or the wrong shape. Yeah, it's it's all happened, you know. Uh, not just to us, but I'm sure it's happened to Sabbath and everybody else, you know, along the way. And uh, you know, the stunts you pull and what have you, and the, you know. But it, no spontaneous combustions, though. That that none of that. No, we're working on it. <laughs> Well, maybe that can happen during uh, this upcoming tour. You guys are going to go on your 50th Heavy Metal Years tour beginning next month. You're coming to the Oakdale Theater in Wallingford, Wallingford Connecticut on the uh, the 10th of October and the MGM Music Hall at Fenway Park in, uh, in in Boston on the 16th. This is a pretty long tour for, for guys that are not spring chickens anymore. You're, you're, you're busy until I think it's like the middle of next year, maybe even go longer than that. Tell me how you prepare for a tour that long, uh, you know, at, at the age you guys are at? Well, generally speaking, we don't have to prepare because we're always doing it, you know. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, COVID, COVID put us back a, a good 18 months or two years. We tried to start, you know, way back then with the 50th year's uh, anniversary tour. Um, and we did start it last year um, in the States, but that's when Richie had his, his trouble with his heart. Uh, so, so we had to postpone the rest of that tour, which we finished off and put some more dates in earlier this year when mm-hmm. we came to the States, February, March, something like that, I think it was. Um, we had a, had a few weeks off. And we, we just got through uh, the European leg. Um, we're back to America now. 
um, with, with the places we didn't do on the first leg. <laughs> uh, and, and then we, we're carrying off down, down to Mexico and South America. And that'll take us up to um, to around the... I think I'll get home on the 20th of December. And then I don't think there's much in yet next year. Uh, we, we, we've been booked to play an Ozfest in Europe for the past three, four years almost now. And for one reason or another, it's just been postponed. Uh, Ozzy got ill at one time. He fell off some motorbike on another. And then COVID put a stop to everything, you know. So uh, that should be going ahead with the Birolog uh, late spring, early summer next year. Um, and then we have another album in the pipeline, which is almost finished. Yeah, I, I, uh, I wanted to ask you about that because I would imagine that the between the pandemic and, and a tour that goes deep into next year, this kind of must slow down the process a little bit. So when do you expect that to come out? Once we know what's happening next year, touring-wise, whether Oz is going to do this uh, this tour or not, we, we, we can then we can then plan. You know, we can start to plan. You, yeah, you have to leave a breathing period. You let the dust settle from from the previous project. You know, uh, before before you can you know sort of launch into something else and recharge our batteries as well. So as soon as you know what's going to be ha- what's happening touring wise next year, we we can we can sit back and see when it's going to be done. You know, it's been a long time since uh, you've come up with well, twenty eighteen firepower. I think was the last studio album you did. That's, that's right. Yeah. 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 That's right. Well, with, with, with COVID, there's two years of COVID where we couldn't see each other. <laughs> uh, I, Glenn and myself were stranded in Britain. Uh, Richie, Scott and Rob were all stranded in the USA, you know, and uh, we, we had very little chance to see each other. Obviously, we had Zoom meetings like this and what have you, but um, it's not like the real thing. Uh, Richie uh, um, uh, and Scott got the guitars and the drums down. I actually put the bass down on on days off on the European leg of the tour, uh, just sitting there, you know, with with, with Andy's laptop and uh, you know. So basically, there's a bit of production stuff to put on top and the vocals, uh, and, and it'll be, be ready to go. Now, does a guy like Rob does? I mean, does he need a lot of a, a lot of auto tune in his voice, or can he normally nail it? Because I mean, he's I mean, you're talking about one of the, the greatest rock voices of all time. He, he doesn't use auto tune at all. Good. He gets up there, belted out, you know. Um, he's got an auto cue up there. I mean, we're all getting on a bit. <laughs> you know, memories on what they used to be. But, uh, but he very rarely uses that. It's only mainly for the for maybe the newer songs, you know, or a song that we haven't done for for a long time. He'll, he'll glance over at it from time to time. Yeah. But, the, but that's that's all there is. You know, everything else is uh, is as it comes. Huh? Well, I I know I don't have a whole lot of time with you. I do want to congratulate you again on the uh, on the Hall of Fame. The tour is coming through uh, through New England and uh, at the Oakdale at the MGM Music Hall in, in uh, Boston, and the album coming out. Uh, you know who knows when, but it's definitely coming out. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, it'll be next year sooner or later. <laughs> great, Ian Hill. It's great to talk to you. Best of luck with all that stuff, and, uh, and 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 good to see you. Yeah, thanks a lot, Mike. It's been a pleasure. Stay safe. Ian Hill with Bags and Nagel on Rock 102. Rick Derringer with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Sunny with a high of 66 today. Tomorrow, sunny and a high of 65. It's 45 right now in downtown Springfield. You know, you missed that interview with uh, Ian Hill from Judas Priest. That will be available on the uh, the Bax and Nagel Daily Podcast. You'll find that on rock102.com, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. Also, check out Baxi's musical podcast this week. Great interview with uh, Craig Bell from the band Rocket from the Tombs. Also spent a good 18 years in New Haven with the band The Saucers and several others. And on Monday, Angelo Moore from Fishbone will be my guest. Real exciting stuff, and you'll be able to hear all of that stuff on rock102.com. I'm still uh, reeling from the death of Coolio. 
at the age of 59 years old. It's a, it's a, it's a young loss. age to be to, to die, uh, 59. And they're saying maybe a heart attack? Uh, possibly a heart attack. No, uh, no drugs or alcohol found uh, in his system or anything. Really? He was just a, no. He he wasn't uh, he he wasn't really like that. You know, that's the other thing about a lot of these guys that that those are that's just perception of what sometimes they sing about. Well, you know? I mean, it, it you know if if uh, if that is a, a part of your subject matter, you can be assumed that must you must be smoking up a lot of weed. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Probably. Um, Weird Al, I remember when Weird Al did the, the Amish Paradise, Coolio was supposedly really upset about that. Really upset. And then Weird Al pointed out, hey, I don't do anything without anybody's permission. Your label gave me the permission, said you gave me the permission, and uh, I don't hear you complaining yeah. about the royalty checks that you're receiving from that parody. Again, as I yeah. said earlier in the show, like when you did Hollywood Trash, mm-hmm. so Coolio was upset that Weird Al took a song of his and made it into something successful. Meanwhile, Coolio took a song from Stevie Wonder and made it into something successful. Because it's a Stevie right. Wonder song, it's just, you know, with with uh, with lyrics on top of it. He also uh, he also did another Stevie Wonder. It's like, Wonder. how dare you steal the thing that I stole? It wasn't uh, Stevie Wonder. It was Cool in the Gang. He did uh, Too Hot. Oh, it, was yeah. a, it was a remake of Too Hot with his own lyrics to it. And it was about uh, it was about sleeping around and getting HIV. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. That yeah. was that was all the rage back in the early 90s. <laughs> I'm going to take your word hey, for uh, it. Who's, uh, who's got the better song about HIV? Ooh, Coolio's got the new one this he's week. Got, he's got a good one. Elton, Real toe tapper. Knocking Elton John right off the top of the charts. We got news coming up next to Rock 102. CDA Roofing and Siding has now expanded. 733. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102, it's time for news brought to you by Bank ESB. As a local bank, they got your convenient tools, smart banking technology, and personalized financial support to set you on the right path. Unlock your potential at bankesb.com. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. The National Weather Service downgraded Hurricane Ian to a tropical storm early this morning after its maximum sustained wind speeds fell to 65 miles per hour. Storm made landfall near Cayo Costa, Florida, just after 3 p.m. Wednesday as a powerful Category 4 hurricane with maximum sustained winds measured at 150 miles an hour. And by 2 a.m., it had weakened to a Category 1 with maximum sustained winds of 75 miles per hour. But that uh, that doesn't mean there is a crap or isn't a crap load of damage in its path because they're showing some of the stuff now. Yeah, the, the, the Today, today show, show is showing quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of damage over there. Um, and uh, yeah, see. Well, see, this is the safe way to put a reporter out after the, the storm has passed. It's like, it's like I wouldn't send somebody out there until the day after. You, know, you put somebody in harm's way outdoors with live uh, equipment. That's just uh, that's just dangerous. Someone's going to get seriously hurt that way. Yeah, I don't know why they do that. Why do they continue to put these people in harm's way? All for a camera shot? Seems kind of ridiculous. It's like what you were talking about last hour. You know, there's, there's so many cameras out there in the world that can take you know stationary yeah. you know video of uh, of what's going on around you that's just as compelling as anything you would find by sending like you know al roker out to cover storm damage it's like he al roker doesn't deserve that that's something you that's something that should be done for for youngsters or just machines better have a machine's Oh man, I just got a picture from somebody uh, that we know that uh, lives down in Florida. That's his pool. 
Oh, really? Yeah. That's uh, that's no longer a pool, is it? No, not anymore. Well, you can still swim there. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't suppose. know about that actually being a pool. Damn, 10 Who's... to 14, 10 to 15 foot waves uh, hitting the side. Who uh, Who is that? Uh, that's James from, uh, uh, oh my God, Precision Auto. Uh, oh, okay. In, uh, in West Springfield. Um, Dang. Man, that sucks. That really sucks. There, uh, there's a lot of uh, people that are doing that thing. You know, uh, you know, they're where they're announcing that they're safe on Facebook. They get yeah. like pages for this kind of thing, and uh, and there's a lot of people who are uh, claiming they are safe from a thousand miles away. That so far they have, uh, yeah, why? they're doing okay, and they will rebuild. Yeah, they're rebuilding. Yeah, they're in a rebuilding mode right now. So, thank goodness. Uh, the 22 News I Team, I Team. Uh, has discovered the former principal of a Westfield school was investigated nearly 15 years ago for alleged inappropriate behavior with a student in Adams. Salvatore. Uh, Adams what? No, that the town of Adams. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. You, the way you described the story, I guess I got confused. Uh, Salvatore Frieri is the principal of Munger Hill Elementary School in Westfield. He was then uh, hired as principal of Lennox uh, Memorial Middle School and High School in the Berkshires over the summer. Freire resigned from that job last week. He told the 22 News I team, due to signed agreements, I'm unable to disclose much other than it was not related in any way to my performance. I had to resign for personal reasons. Well, the I team does some digging. Allegations of inappropriate behavior nearly 15 years ago have now emerged. The 22 News I team has obtained a police report dated December 18th of 2008 that, uh, 2008 that shows Freire was investigated for allegedly having an inappropriate relationship with a 15-year-old student when he was a substitute teacher at Berkshire Arts and Technology Charter Public Schools in Adams. The student was 15. He was 27 years old. But even if it's not inappropriate, you know, even if you're you're saying inappropriate in a way of not in sexual in nature, yeah. it's still inappropriate to have a one-on-one relationship with, with a, a student with a 15-year-old that you're trying to keep. From people, I totally agree with you. I totally agree. But um, what was it that made this thing come out 15 years later? Well, somebody probably said, "Hey, that's that guy." The police report. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that there's. A, yeah. you know, I'm not even thinking about statutes of limitations or anything. But it's like you know, was the where was the investigation 15 years ago? Well, that's this is you know I, I read a little bit about this at the in the Berkshire Eagle over the weekend because uh, you know sometimes I try to find things that are out of our locale, <laughs> but and, and the Berkshire Eagles as close uh, as you can get. Yeah, the uh, the police report states that a 15 year old student was quote seen riding in Freire's car as he left the parking lot on December 11th of 2008 when the school was let out early because of inclement weather. It took two hours to bring the student home to Clarksburg, a trip that usually takes about 20 minutes. Yeah, that, that's not cool either. No, it is not. The uh, police report goes on to say, this violates school policy and at no time did Freire ever notify or seek permission from school officials or a legal guardian. After the alleged incident, he was fired, according to the police report. He was 27 years old at the time. He was never charged with anything in connection with the incident. Uh, in a statement to the I-team, Freire said, the allegations from my time as a sub at BART were for dri- uh, driving a student home after an early dismissal due to bad weather, they were thoroughly investigated by DCF as well as the police, and both came back with absolutely no concerns. Nothing inappropriate. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm not trying to uh, to impose any anything here, but a lot of times, 
uh, sexual predators are very good at manipulating the people around them. And we're not saying he's a sexual predator. No, I'm just saying that in certain situations in which there is some sexually inappropriate behavior between an adult yeah. and a uh, and someone who is a like a child is often uh, about the manipulation involved. Uh, again, and I'm just saying that uh, you know if you can manipulate uh, a family to to make it seem like a, you know you're a trustworthy guy, you could probably manipulate uh, police officers and the courts and the systems and you know other institutions that are meant to protect people. Uh, again. To stress, Friero was never charged with any crimes related to the incident in Adams years before he was hired in Westfield. The I-team has multiple calls and emails to Linux Superintendent Mark Goslin. He has yet to respond. Probably because Mark Goslin's sitting there going, oh, man, I knew this would come to back to bite us in the ass someday. <laughs> For 15 years. 15 everything years. Was everything was lovey-dovey. <laughs> For 15 years, everything was lovey-dovey. <laughs> He all hollering about the back complaints. He'd be lucky to get the front complaints. He ain't gonna get none of it. I'm not. I'm not joking about the incident. No, it's no, really but it's. A, but it's. You know, there's. There's still a lot of questions. Yeah, I think. Uh, Springfield police are investigating after one person was shot in an incident late last night in the city's south end. Uh, Springfield Police Lieutenant David Arroyo confirmed that one person was shot on Central Street at around 10.30 p.m. Now, when the 22 News crew show, uh, showed up, they sent the kid from the Polar Express there. <laughs> and he was like, oh, my God, look at this. There are people being taken away on stretchers. And there's police tape that says, do not cross. There's flashy lights and sounds. It was crazy. <laughs> but again, that's some of the best reporting they bring. Yeah, but that, uh, again, this whole what we saw thing isn't really reporting. It's just stuff you saw. There's no facts to yeah. go along there, with There's it. a difference between observation and actually finding out facts. Absolutely. I mean, I just uh, it just seems, um, you know, uh, in, irresponsible. <laughs> To not get information and just say, here's what our guy saw. You know, it is perfectly appropriate for a reporter to say, you know, we asked, uh, you know, so-and-so. Let's say it's like uh, the police department. We asked the local police, uh, you know, for detail. They had none to give at this time. That would be okay. It would be okay. That's all right. That's fine. That's, you know, you don't have to just say, well, there's police tape here and there's police squads all over the place. We need to teach the uh, 22 News crew that it's okay to say, I don't know. Steve. I've told you that many times in the past. This is now the, the second time yeah. where you said uh, that uh, these that someone needs to be taught something. Yeah. Like, you know, last hour it was like. Oh, drug yeah, runners. Drug yeah, runners gonna, you know, yeah. should learn how to you know right. obey the rules of the road. You could, you could establish the Steve Nagel, uh, you know, <laughs> adult education center. Yeah. And uh, and teach reporting and really good at that road yeah. safety. You know, I mean, you could do all that stuff. Think of the curriculum. Oh yeah, yeah. again, uh, criminals. Uh, how to how to how to mask your car so you don't get pulled over. How to act properly. Yeah, around police so you can get away with the drug smuggling drugs across the Canadian border. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, uh, in this situation, to, yeah. a, to a twenty-two news crew. Hey, you don't need to say everything that you saw. Just say, yeah, I don't really know what's going on down there. And no one's telling us. I think people would respect that more. Can you imagine, uh, you know, uh, who's the, what's your Sierra Speller? Yeah. Uh, saying, uh, 
We just don't know. And then move on to the next story. I would be fine. I I, I would accept almost any information Sierra Spiller gave me, frankly. But uh, but nevertheless, I think you establishing a Nagel University. Yeah, I mean, every university has to start somewhere, right? It started yeah. with one guy who figured, listen, I could teach kids these two things. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, you're teaching them 10 things. See? I think you're the guy to do it. I'm a mentor. You are a mentor. Yeah, in many different ways. You could establish your own university. Why not? What the heck? I've uh, I've even tried to school people here on sending out all staff emails. Okay, that's... Uh, Only when appropriate. <laughs> that's... That's uh, focus number three. So now you got like a you got a full rounded education at Nagel University. Yeah, see, there you go. There you go. I don't care if you're going on vacation next week. That's really none of my business, and nobody else needs. <laughs> no to one know. else needs to know the either. O- the only person that needs to know is the person you report directly to, and nobody reports directly to me. So why are you sending out an all staff yeah. email? I mean, there are there are people in this building we barely ever deal with. We just found out they're on vacation. Earlier this month, a friendly officer in uh, Michigan gave an intoxicated man a ride home from an Oktoberfest event, but the man didn't stay home. Just 90 minutes later, he was arrested for allegedly driving while intoxicated. It's unclear why he was driving. A different uh, officer saw a vehicle moving slowly, and they pulled the driver over when the vehicle attempted to turn, but drove up onto a curb, Mm. and police conducted field sobriety tests and a breathalyzer test, and then arrested the man for DUI. This is interesting because you, know, uh, I may be needing a ride home from Oktoberfest of the Student Prince coming up, uh, I believe, the end of next week. I'm sure there are plenty of cops out there that would uh, love to give you a ride home. Drunk ones, too. You know? Off duty. Off duty. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, sunny and a high of 66. Tomorrow, sunny and a high of 65. It's 46 in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Bill Johnson for State Senate. Are you concerned with inflation? To Rock at 750 with Bax and Nagel. And Sammy Hagar on Rock 102. 66 for a high today and sunny. It's 46 right now in downtown Springfield. The Mayflower Marathon's got a brand new home. I think we've told you that already. MGM Springfield is where we're going to. And they're hoping to make this the very best year ever. So we try to raise uh, money and uh, food for the Springfield Open Pantry. But now through October 7th, which is next week, Dave Miner Exterior Home Improvements will be matching all monetary donations made to the Mayflower Marathon online up to $5,000 we're doing very well with it already, but you can visit rock102.com and help us uh, do even better. Just click the banner to donate and Dave Miner, uh, Dave Miner's Mayflower Marathon match. Again, continuing until October 7th from Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Oh, and it's that time of the morning again. Now hear this with Bex and Nagel on Rock 102. Ah. I like that little short and sweet intro. That's all you need, Steve. It's all uh, you need. Uh, clip number one. Talking about these reporters standing out in the middle of a hurricane. Because, you know, why not put somebody in harm's way? <laughs> to make a point, you can see with a stationary camera with no people around. And while reporting on the uh, Hurricane Ian, the Weather Channel's Jim Cantori was hit by a tree branch live on TV. Here's the moment he was struck and then him struggling to walk back to a safe area. It just came flying by. You know what? I think I'm just going to come in here for a second. Jim, you all right? I'm all right. I'm fine. I'm fine. I just, you just can't stand up. I'm fine. I'm a hurricane god. I can do this. 
This is what I was meant to do, man. Trees just bounce right off of me because I'm Jim Cantori and I'm cut like a diamond. This guy has been like part. He's like, he's like almost sixty years old. He's he's been part of like all of these major hurricanes, like Hurricane Andrew and all that stuff. And something always seems to happen to him while he's reporting. See, on but this I think thing. this is his hook. I think yeah. he actually looks forward to this kind of thing. He probably does. And where, whereas you know, they asked like you or I to go to some place that was uh, damaged by a natural disaster. We'd be finding all kinds of excuses not to go. You know how when you like you, you dress the part for something, it makes you ready for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, let's say you're working out. You know all about this. Uh, you know, you put on exercise yeah. oh, clothes. Yeah, that's me. Okay, let's say you're going out to a barbecue. You put on your big uh, shirt that you don't care about getting stained. Yeah, right. But right. once you put on that shirt, you know. I'm all ready to, you know, suck down a couple of racks of ribs. Oh, and, if, I, uh, listen, some I'm I, if I'm in my quote-unquote right. uniform, I'm ready to work. You know, this guy goes out and puts on a rain jacket and some uh, and some galoshes yeah, with lots with lots of uh, Weather Channel logos all over it. Yeah, and he's like, oh, "I'm ready for battle, man. Put me out in the field. I want to get hit by a tree branch today. This is going to cause all kinds of viral videos, and the Weather Channel will be popular again." <laughs> This some- guy's a nutcase. Can we get somebody here to get hit by a tree branch? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell was that? Oh, that, that's part of the. Uh, that's part of now here. Th- now well, here. This. this. Steve got mail. <laughs> about that. <laughs> uh, no, I, I I know a couple of salespeople. I'd like to, you know. I'm not putting anybody in harm's way. Uh, here's a guy who's sharing his secret to figuring out whether a Chinese restaurant is good or not. A man on TikTok claims that he has found the way to find good Chinese restaurants. Simply look for a three and a half star Yelp review. Here is Freddie Wong breaking down. Uh, you're not Chinese, you know. Here's Freddie Wong breaking down why his method works. The easiest way to find authentic Chinese food is to go on Yelp and look for restaurants with three and a half stars. BF Chang's, two and a half stars, bad. Din Tai Fung, four stars, too many stars, too many white people like it, the service is too good, the food's not as good as it could be. The dumplings here are better, I've been here. The waiters are not gonna pay attention to you. They're gonna be rude, but it's gonna taste better. Three and a half stars. Cultural expectations for service are different in Asia. They're not gonna come up to you. They're not gonna just proactively give you refills. You need to flag down the waiters. People on Yelp are insufferable. They're dinging all these restaurants because the service is bad. The food balances it out, so you end up at three and a half stars. Interesting. Yeah. That's a, that's actually an interesting yeah. method on how to pick a pick a place. You know, I bet there's plenty of you know restaurants that uh, I've gone to that you know, it's not like you don't go there for the service. You go there because the food's good. Right. You there's know. plenty of places like that. Well, isn't that the whole that whole restaurant chain that's one of them's in Boston? Isn't it uh, Dick's Last Resort where they're, they're they're purposely mean to you when you walk <laughs> yeah, in that's, the door? That's, that's part of the that's part of the uh, the appeal. You yeah, go that, in there for abuse. That's the theme. But it's uh, it's more. But that's what you're going for. You're going for the abuse in that situation. Yeah, see, but it, you know, but I, you know, I always look at Yelp, and I never really pay that close attention to all the reviews, like you know, the the extreme ones, like the ones that rave about it, the ones that hate it. You know, like everything kind of falls somewhere in the middle. Yeah, yeah, that that right middle ground. Right That's there. it. That's it. Uh, somebody passing by Stella's. This is a clip number three, by the way, in case you lost count. All right. Uh, somebody passing by Stella's Fish Cafe in Uptown, Minnesota. Filmed a rat crawling over a tray of rice. It was at 2 a.m. and they saw it through a window. Uh, here's how it went down along with one of the wist- witnesses. I will never eat that Stella's again, y'all. Serious. Uh, look at her. Oh, my 
and we walked past Stella's and like I seen something just right in my face like and it was moving and it was like a rat like it was a huge rat it was a really thick huge rat like the rat was thicker than me like it was big <laughs> like tearing the food down like I'm talking about Buki was eating the food up <laughs> what did you say Buki was eating the Buki was eating the food bo- bo- eating the food up is what he yeah. said uh, that is so gross. That's like that's got to be one of the things. Like I can't imagine going into a place and seeing like mice crawling over the the display case on the inside. I, I remember going to to a, it was a Chinese restaurant in Ohio, and it had uh, you know <laughs> it had you know it had the tables and uh, you know you, you ordered your food, but like if you looked up, there were these long strands of of fly paper being hung. Yeah, from the ceiling, and it just loaded with flies, just loaded Ugh. with them. It's like, it, yeah, it's like, and it's it's like literally hanging above the table. I mean, I could have yeah. reached up and grabbed it. it was like that's, that's disgusting. It's really gross. That's that's and and that's when you start to think, hey, maybe we could have chosen a better place. You know, this kind of just triggered uh, something that happened to me uh, maybe a month ago or so. I was uh, doing one of them weddings that I do. Right. It, just watching disgusting things happen. Not even not about rodents or anything, and it wasn't about the venue. It was about the people serving themselves. People are kind of gross when they <laughs> if they if they think they can get away with it. People are gross. Yeah. So this guy, I watched this whole thing happen. This guy walks up to the like little hors d'oeuvre table, which is like cheese and crackers and vegetables, and there's a big bowl of hummus there, and he had a couple of pops in him, right? Sure. So he takes the he takes the spoon and he kind of jams it into the into the hummus thing, and then as he lifts it out of the bowl, uh, most of it goes on his jacket. So then he wipes the spoon on his jacket <laughs> and then puts it back into the bowl of hummus. And I'm like, like God knows what else is on your jacket that you just put in the whole bowl of hummus. And I had to tell uh, because I can't I, I can't let other people touch that. Right. No, you did so the right thing. So I had thing. to tell the the you know the the person running the place. I'm like, uh, you got to get rid of that bowl of hum. And then they brought another one out. But it was just like oh pe- people really like like the guy looked around. He didn't uh, see me because I'm sitting down in the corner he, just he, minding my own business. He didn't lick the hummus off his sleeve. No, no. And he didn't even wipe it off, which I thought was even more uh, interesting. <laughs> Like, I think he was just, because he had all this stuff in his hands. He didn't oh, want to take the God. time to do it. And that uh, that is now here this. It is 758 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 812. And ZZ Top with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Is that God's spell? Yes, that's Day by Day. Day by Day. That's Day by Day, which I was written by Bill Belichick back in the oh, uh, early yeah. 70s. I would He's an oh. x-ray tech, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, on the phone, this brought to you by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the National Football League. It's Scott Zolak. How you doing, Scott? Uh, I'm doing great. You know, everybody, we used it at our station yesterday, too, this God spell, yesterday, this God spell thing. <laughs> I have no clue what the hell God spell is. I've never heard of it. I never saw the movie. It's you know you're, yeah. you're not missing much. It has that one song, and that's pretty much it. But well, I uh, like it. But you know, uh, clearly Bill Belichick is reaching back to Broadway show tunes to talk to the media. Yeah. So but, let me. I let, mean, it's, it, it it reminds me of we're on to Cincinnati somewhat, um, and the team was struggling at that time. We were out uh, we were out in Kansas City and got our ass kicked. 
Um, he was asked the question, you're going to reevaluate the quarterback, and he kind of <laughs> laughed at it. And he goes, you know what, we're, all, we're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. The, the thing and I then we went on a run and went to the Super Bowl. The thing I don't understand, Scott, is, you know, the, so the New England sports press has been dealing with Bill Belichick for 22 seasons. And they had to ask him 12 yeah. different ways to answer, to ask to, to get the same information. 12 different questions all asking about Mac Jones and his injury. And obviously he's not going to give you what you want to know. Are these guys just not prepared with additional questions, or is that the only question they went in thinking they were going to ask him? They're asking the completely wrong questions. they got to go in and ask about the Delaware wing tee that Tubby Raymond ran at Delaware in the 1970s built give you an answer for 20 minutes on it. Yeah. <laughs> he's never he's never addressed injuries. He well, never has. But, and um you know, in true see, Bill Remember when Brady, remember when Brady ripped up his thumb at the Super Bowl? Yeah. yeah. And it was it was really bad and he had to get that thing stitched up and sewn together and we didn't know if he was going to play and then it was like this is an open heart surgery we're talking about. You know. <laughs> he but, downplays the injury and if if it's not broken, they're going to want him out there sooner than later. Well, I mean, in true Belichick form, he answers the way he's supposed to, day by day. What do I look like, a doctor, an orthopedic surgeon? I don't know. Talk to the medical expert. He's tr- he's right. He's not a doctor. He's not going to be able to give it, and you and he he'll downplay uh, he'll downplay it like you said. Right uh, on Thursday, some days I wake up and I'm like, oh crap! They called at eight ten and I forgot to answer the damn phone. I take things day by day. Same thing in my life. Yeah, right? of course you, you know, do. I don't know if I'm going to work today. We'll see. You know, if I get there, it's day by day. Yeah, so so you look at the at, at the game on Sunday with the with the with Baltimore. Obviously, you know Lamar Jackson yeah. is just a you know, a one ball a, a one man wrecking machine. I mean, the guy can run, he can throw, he can do everything. And then you have Mac Jones, and if you look at the numbers, I mean, apart from the interceptions, he had a fairly good day. And yet, you know, they just weren't yeah, able. Played, he, I thought he played well on. Um... On, on Sunday, yeah, obviously take the, the the one direct throw interception away. I thought it was a busted route on the Parker interception. They're going to have turnovers. You know, Mahomes throws them, but it's how you come back from them. And what I look at is the progression of the offense. They got better in Pittsburgh from the Miami game. They got better against Baltimore from the Pittsburgh game. Um, Parker was involved that day, uh, something we haven't seen in you know two games prior. Their ability to run the ball on offense was good. Right. It's just they're getting killed by what they would usually kill teams with, and that's force other teams to turn it over, drop punts, you know, muff kicks, all that stuff. We're doing that now. We need to correct that. So when they're going into Green Bay on Sunday, and obviously taking on the Packers in Lambeau, uh, you know, that's not an easy place for any for any team to to play, especially if no. especially if you're you you got Brian Hoyer on the on the. Uh, you know, you, you, uh, you know, playing. And, and, and again, it's day-to-day, so we don't know if that's actually going to happen, but the assumption is it will. Do they have a snowball's chance in hell in this game? Yeah, I think they do. Absolutely. It's a weird league. And, like, uh, Green Bay's not great this year. You know, they don't have Adams. They're trying to find their way. Alan Lazard's their new receiver. Big kid, about 6'5". Um, he's going to be tough to defend. Uh, but, you know, it's a cool place to play in Lambeau. I think it's the best setting in the National Football League. Pittsburgh's right behind it, um, so it's cool to do two games, you know, within three weeks of each other, at those two venues. Warriors uh, been in the league for fourteen years. There's a reason you stick around for fourteen years. You don't suck. I know the numbers don't look great. You know, in the last eleven games, he's owned eleven. But the reason you usually playing those in those games is because your your team's in trouble. Um, I think he can manage a game. Like I said, if they, if they don't turn it over, and 
you know, play it tight to the vest like you did in Buffalo in the bad weather game last year. Keep Run the ball, run the ball, short stuff, play action, kick it away, play good defense. Keep the game top, like within a puncher's chance in that fourth quarter, and I think we got a shot. I really do. You know, they, they, you, you hear all the time about uh, people's concern about Brian Hoyer, but you're right. I mean, this is a guy they've brought back twice before. And, yeah. and uh, he said yesterday, I think, I don't think I'd still be here if I wasn't a good player. He just, you know, largely untested. If you have a guy just coming in as needed, it's real hard for him to get any kind of, you know, rhythm going in the game if he's just, you know, there for a couple of series and then that's it. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, okay, so we'll see how it goes. Say he totally falls on his face and say Mac can't go next week. Um, then at that point, maybe after two games, and Brian totally falls on his face, maybe look at the kid Zappy that you drafted in the fourth round. Uh, he's not a big kid. He's a rookie. He's going to have problems. But his production in college was so high, and he threw the ball so many times a game, you know, the 60 touchdown, uh, you know, one year. I mean, that's, that's moving the ball, so he can throw it. Um, but lastly, you want his rookie quarterback playing, you know, here in the meteor schedule. But the schedule does get a little bit easier once we hit October. Oh, my God, yes. In fact, it's like a totally different season. I mean, the Lions, the Browns, yep. the Bears, the Jets. It's like, you know, one kind of tepid and mediocre team after another. Right. This, this, is, this is an opportunity. Once they get past Sunday, this is a real opportunity to start to, to kind of catch up on, on Miami. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Uh, here's my here's – my- Here's my cons, though, about 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 Hoyer. You ready? Uh, this is my yeah. professional take on this. Uh, you know exactly what you're getting in, in Brian Hoyer, and what you're getting is a quarterback with extremely limited upside who hasn't won a game as a starter since October 2nd of 2016, where he led the Bears to a narrow win over the Lions. And since then, he's gone 0-11 in his last 11 starts. He's nowhere close to the answer to that quarterback. And the less time he's out there, the better. Thank you very much. That's, uh, my, that's my sports analysis. Reason Mac, reason Mac Jones is your starter. You, know? you yeah. want him instead of Brian Warren. Oh. I mean, you're just <laughs> as likely to lose any game as win with him. So what's the point, really? You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Where the hell are you coming it, up with this? I tell you what, if things don't get better, these interviews in about four weeks, we're going to be talking about Halloween and favorite haunted houses out west there in Western Mass. Yeah, and uh, favorite Apple picket spots, you know, because that's all we're gonna people are gonna be interested in. Let me let me ask you this, Scott, because you know this is you know to me it's kind of an interesting thing. It, so you know you for a number of years in your career you 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 were a backup quarterback, and yeah. every game you have to assume that you could go in at any time. Something happens, something right. bad happens. You got to get out there. You got to be ready to play. Brian Hoy has been doing that for a better part of his career too. So even if you've got a Tom Brady or a Mac Jones or Cam Newton or whatever, you got to be ready at every game, regardless of how implausible it may be that you get onto the field. So when a guy like Brian Hoyer suddenly gets the ball, how mentally prepared can he possibly be as a guy who has spent a better part of his career as a backup quarterback? Um, The middle part of it's fine. And, you know, I did that for 10 years. And, you know, if you're a smart kid, you understand the playbook, you know all the plays. The problem is the timing. Did you get the reps during practice um, to where, okay, I got this receiver that runs a certain way. I don't throw the ball the same way that I can to him that I, that I do to other guys. And that's where guys run into problems. That's the problems I ran into. Your timing's off. But if you get the reps in practice like you did get this week, he didn't get them in Kansas City. Remember, Cam got COVID, tested at the last minute because he was out with Gilmore at that dinner. 
they moved that Monday game to Tuesday, so everything's like all screwed up. And next thing you know, you're thrown into it. But it's easier, I think, to get thrown into it for a series or two instead of a, a, a full four quarter game. Like, you know, say the guy gets sick right before the game, and like, oh, I got to start. That's where you're screwed. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you hope for the best. I mean, like I said, Green Bay. Yeah. You're, you're right. Green Bay is not. You know what they have been, but it's still Green Bay in Green Bay. It's not necessarily the fa- yeah. the, the the best place to be uh, the away team. No, 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 no doubt, odds are stacked against us. Uh, but the other weird things have happened in Green Bay with teams that go in here, like you know, stinky Bear teams or bad Viking teams, and they steal a game or two. So uh, we'll see what happens. There I mean, hopefully the team will be ready. Be looking forward to getting some easier games here coming up. Very good. You know, I only had 90 seconds worth of material on Brian Hoyer. I <laughs> thought I had that planned out a little bit more. Hey, well, I got it. Hey, you guys are music, man. You know what his real name is? What? What? Axel. I, I, I Axel. saw that today. Axel Hoyer. Why shouldn't? Why didn't he just Axel go with Hoyer. it? That sounds like a much Axel bad. Edward Brian Hoyer. That's a much bad. That's a bigger badass football name than Brian. Well, I I guess Ain't I didn't. badass. I, I didn't do enough research. I yield my time back to the gentleman from Rehoboth. There you go. That's like you preparing like the backup. you got to prepare like a starter. That's and right. you be ready to go next week. Unbelievable. Hey, Scott, we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. I enjoyed it. I'll see you. Go there back. you go. Scott Zolak brought to you by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the NFL. It's 23 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Fall is here. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 829. And Brian Adams with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. <laughs> he said summer. <laughs> I know. That's the funny <laughs> yeah, part I about know. that song, uh, isn't it? Yeah, it makes me laugh every time. Hey, sunny today, 66. It's 49 in downtown Springfield. Hey, tomorrow on the show, uh, it's actually kind of a special episode for us because uh, Michael Dobbs, G. Michael Dobbs from The Reminder, is uh, going to be here. He hey, is. Let uh, me tell you something, Bax. Every episode is a special episode. Yeah, but this, this is, is an extra special episode. This is one where we actually get to tell uh, somebody, hey, uh, best of luck in your retirement. Um, but he is retiring yeah. as the managing editor of The Reminder. He's still going to write from time to time. But you know, for the most part, he's, he's hanging up the editor hat and uh, moving out of the management role that he's had for years. Right. So he'll be here on, uh, on, uh, on Friday. So that'll be very cool to have uh, Michael Dobbs. Uh, back in the studio, we'll be uh, we'll be smoking cigars and drinking bourbon with him too. You know what? The man likes that stuff. He does. Wouldn't be a bad uh, wouldn't be a bad choice. I'm not gonna say no. Hell no. We got uh, news next on Rock 102. This fall, harvest great deals at Patera Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram on Route 20 in Westfield. While the other dealers are asking more for their cars, at Patera Dodge in Westfield, get 0% financing for up to 72 months on select new 2022 Rams for qualified buyers when financing through Chrysler Capital. Take to the outside and explore during Jeep Adventure Days in a new 2022 Jeep with leases starting at only $379 a month. At Patera Dodge in Westfield, shop from our well-stocked inventory of Jeeps and Ram trucks or order one and get the exact Jeep or Ram you're looking for at the price you want to pay. That's not all, but Terra Dodge and Westfield will buy your car, truck or SUV and pay you top dollar for it. Why wait? Harvest great deals and get 0% financing for up to 72 months on select new 2022 vehicles, saving you hundreds, even thousands over other area dealers. Only at Terra Dodge on Route 20 in Westfield or online at BatterraDodge.com. We make it simple in Westfield. Call 866-982-4901 for details. Hey there, Springfield. Duncan is dedicating today, National Coffee Day, to those who drink 
Dunkin' Coffee. And especially to you, DD Perks members. To those who sip that wondrous brew that keeps us running. Fueling you to reach even greater heights. It's particularly dedicated to those of us like you and me who not only love coffee, we love free Dunkin' Coffee. So, DD Perks members enjoy a free medium hot or iced coffee with any Dunkin' purchase today. You've got to be kidding me. That sounds so fantastic. You can join right on the app. Or uh, here's to your hustle. America runs on Dunkin'. There you go. Limited one per member. Exclusions and additional charges may and terms may apply. Participation may vary. It's a limited time offer. You gotta wonder why Clark and Kensington paint doesn't cost like twice as much. Check the ratings and reviews. Clark and Kensington's right up there. But when it comes to price per gallon, it's way down here. Clark and Kensington, the house brand paint at Rocky's Ace Hardware. Paint and primer all in one. Does that actually work? Yeah, it works great and saves a lot of time and money. Got a painting project? Get Clark and Kensington, the house brand paint at Rocky's Ace Hardware. 833 with Baxson Nagel and Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Wow! Oh my God, look at the damage. That's again uh, with the sound effects of the uh, the storm. Is that the same lady that yeah. uh, talked about that crash in Westfield? Yeah. With yeah, her Michael yeah. Winslow style uh, yeah. sound effects? First I heard a shh and I heard a ah! Yes. It's a voice of a Montgomery Road resident. <laughs> Only transferred. She has no name. Temporarily into Florida. Yeah. After barreling through uh, southwest Florida and battering Tampa Bay with strong winds and heavy rains, Ian weakened overnight and became a tropical storm this morning. The storm made landfall near Cayo Costa, Florida. Just after uh, 3 p.m. Wednesday as the powerful Category 4 hurricane with maximum winds sustained at 150 miles an hour. By 8 a.m. today, the storm had a maximum sustained winds of 65 miles an hour and was about 50 miles east of Orlando and 10 miles west of Cape Canaveral. It was uh, moving Northeast at uh, eight miles per hour. Oh, that's a slow one. That's a really slow. Uh, one. I'm not. Uh, you can't scam me with that. Um, and again, we're we're just uh, seeing all the damage here. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was told by uh, by somebody. I won't mention who, but uh, you know, uh, be careful when you feel bad about all those homes damaged on that waterfront. Not talking about life life loss. Life loss is something completely different. But uh, the damages on those like waterfront homes. Mm-hmm. This gentleman pointed out to me that uh, hey, uh, you got to have lots and lots of money to live there anyway, so you're probably got plenty of insurance to go along with that. <sighs> it's the people that uh, that don't have that stuff that are a little bit inland that uh, may or may not uh, have the means. Steve, what you may not realize is that uh, people, regardless of their socioeconomic status, regardless yeah. of the things they have or uh, their place in our society. Still have feelings and uh, still sure experience do. loss and devastation like anybody else. Okay, but let's just say uh, let's just say you were a millionaire, right? Okay, you had expendable funds. Sure. Yeah, you, your second mansion in uh, in West Palm Beach gets destroyed. Yes. You have the opportunity to build another one of these uh, because you probably got a good, decent insurance policy. Mm. On it. Now, yep. if you're not a millionaire and uh, you're just a hard-working, uh, blue-collar worker just like every other Joe out there. Right. And then uh, your, ho- your home gets destroyed. Uh, you don't have the option to do that, to find housing. You might have to go to a shelter and things like that. Steve, but, let me explain to you yeah. uh, briefly how the world works. Yeah. Um, 
Yes, you're right. Right. Let's say I, I have oceanfront property. <laughs> right. You know, majestic views of uh, of the Gulf of Mexico that I can see from my back window. And uh, it's breathtaking. Lovely. But my house is destroyed because the ocean, with its 18-foot uh, uh, surges, uh, destroyed my mansion. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I feel every bit as uh, as violated and, and hurt and... Uh, and uh, and sad as the guy who's living in a cardboard box in the park and his cardboard box has been rendered uh, uh, unlivable as a result of the storm. We are sharing in the same kind of loss. It's just a matter of scale. Steve, that's the way the world works. You know, uh, when someone feels as though their lives have been ripped apart by a natural disaster, there is really no pecking order, really. It's going to take months before any of those people get to hear from their insurance company or mm-hmm. get someone to assess their damage. It's going to take months before those people are able to put their their lives of <clears throat> privilege back in order. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, it's going to take time. These well, people don't have time. You know, I lost my Ferrari in the in the storm. These beautiful pine trees destroyed my Maserati and my swimming pool. Please. My cleaning staff has been working around the clock with chainsaws to try to remove the branches from my <clears throat> waterfall grotto. Please think of the uh, luxurious lifestyles we once lived, where we had seconds of everything. Yes, that's and right. And now we only have ones of everything. Yeah, and 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 you and you want to think that someone who's no. broke, you know, their loss is any different. Well, you know, sometimes I have weird opinions, Bax. So I don't know what to tell you. Well, that's a very unpopular opinion you're taking, Steve. Uh, I know a lot of, of, of very well-off people that would be devastated by this kind of situation. Survivors of the mass shooting at a suburban Chicago Independence Day parade and family members of those killed uh, filed 11 lawsuits Wednesday against the manufacturer of the rifle used in the attack, accusing gunmaker Smith & Wesson of illegal tar- illegally targeting its ads at young men at risk of committing mass violence. The sweeping effort by dozens of victims of the Highland Park shooting, anti-gun violence advocates, and private attorneys announced Wednesday is the latest bid to hold gun manufacturers accountable for a mass killing despite broad protections for the industry and federal law. The group's strategy mirrors the approach used by relatives of the victims of the 2012 Sandy Hook school killings, who in February reached a $73 million settlement with the firearm company that produced the rifle used in that attack. That was believed to be the largest payment by a gunmaker related to a mass killing and hinged on the family's accusation that Remington violated Connecticut consumer protection law by marketing its AR-15-style weapons to young men already at risk of committing violence. I understand that uh, there have been a couple of uh, wins uh, in cases like this. Mm -hmm. There have been a couple settlements. But you know, to me, it's very hard. It's a very hard argument to make that the gun manufacturer holds the blame entirely in a spree shooting. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they make their product, they market their product, they sell their product. I mean, that's that's just how business operates. Are they violating a particular state law for sure in this case, or was this settled out of court? And they said, you know what, it's probably cheaper for us to settle than it would be to fight it. Right. And then and then you wonder, well, that's still a win for the for the for the plaintiff in that case. But you just wonder, you know, how how what kind of liability do they truly have in a situation like this? 
Well, I mean, if you kind of look at the argument that was made against tobacco companies for marketing things for children, you know, the Joe Camel right. cartoon and the, you know, all these things that made it, uh, I don't know, romanticized smoking to young children to get them hooked early. And that was a proven thing. That was the thing. I say, hey, we get these kids hooked early, then we'll have these customers until they die, and then we'll... We'll just get new ones. You know, we'll, we'll just start keep, a new marketing. We'll just campaign. keep marketing campaigns. I don't. Uh, I don't even know what what the advertising looks like. You know, that's a that's a thing that probably needs to be analyzed and say, okay, well, what is this? What is this adver- ad, ad doing? And we do restrict companies from doing a lot of things. Remember Viagra? Yeah. Viagra used. There was no. That's why they have all those those side effects listed with a medication in, in an ad because that was put in place by federal regulations saying, hey, look, you can't just claim this drug does something to you or helps you with doing something. You have to explain all the other side effects that go along with this because, you, you know, people are manipulated easily by, by advertising. Yeah. I'm really interested to see what that advertising is that is being marketed, you know what? that they're uh, claiming that is marketing uh, to young boys who have criminal histories. It's actually an excellent point. Yeah. Because the law... Thank you. And, well, no, I mean, yeah. it's an exceptional point because the laws against gun manufacturers for marketing and advertising are pretty restrictive depending on what state you're in. Right. So you're not going to see you know gun advertising on television. You're not going to hear uh, you know Smith & Wesson uh, advertising gun sales on the radio you may hear like uh you know recruitment ads for people to work there but you're not going to hear them talking about the the latest assault rifles that are uh, rolling out for 2023 that's not going to happen yeah but these ads are somewhere these ads are either online well, that's or it. they're in magazines or you know who's reading the who's, who's reading the magazine well i'm sure there's field and stream people out there that uh, still maybe love field and stream sure right yeah. absolutely that's that would be an appropriate place to put that kind of advertising but but you're right i mean it's this it's not like it's a pervasive kind of it's not like al- alcohol advertising which is everywhere you know it's not like you know I mean, even i mean there are great restrictions on marijuana advertising yeah. A lot of restrictions on it. So you, you, you wonder, well, you know, where is this stuff coming from? I just, I, I mean, I, I understand how people are passionate about it and how they, they really feel there are too many guns in, in the hands of people that should not probably have guns. But, but you know, really, where is this advertising? Where is Again, it? Again, what, what is the, what is the liability of a, of a gun manufacturer in situations like this? Yeah. What does that, how is that even defined? Well, you know, somebody just brought up a good point about the Bud Man. Remember the Bud Man? I do. Yeah. So, you know, and he says, I'm too young to remember. I remember the Bud Man. That's why I started drinking Your Bud. Dad probably had a t shirt. You know, no, you know, actually, when I was a kid, the coolest thing out there was Spuds McKenzie. Remember the dog? I do. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, my, uh, my in-laws have actually got one of those dogs. We went to we went to Pennsylvania Dutch. My dad would take us to Pennsylvania Dutch country every summer. Wow, I'm not making this up. No, this, I know this was like a thing. We we lived in New Jersey. He would take us to to Pennsylvania Dutch country to see the Amish and go have a smorgasbord at one of the uh, one of the restaurants out there. And he would go specifically to this flea market that we would get smoked pork chops from because he felt that these were the best smoked pork chops we would get. <laughs> but they'd have all this tchotchke crap that they would sell there as well. Right. And one of them was a, 
I had it. I wore it. It was a Spuds McKenzie T-shirt of Spuds getting run over by a Coors truck. Yeah, yeah it was. It was. Uh, it was. I think it was actually an ad for for Coors more yeah. than it was uh, for. When, Bud I, when I was a kid, I had a friend of mine who had a stuffed Budman uh, action figure. You know, it was like a, like a like a like a stuffed animal, but it was Budman. I'm gonna do something for you right now, Bax. What are you gonna do? This is a great conversation. We're gonna continue this. Coming up, oh, because yeah. we're out of time. Oh, that's right. I wasn't even paying attention yeah, at the time. Pioneer, Look at you. Yeah, your Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be sunny and a high of 64. And Entertainment Tonight style, we'll talk about this coming up after this on Rock 102. Get ready for the Barnyard's biggest sale of the year. Classic Rock. It's 849 and Joan Jett with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Sunny and a high of 64 today. It is 54 right now in downtown Springfield. Rock 102's Pro Picks pool is underway at rock102.com. It's your call football. Weekly winners could win a $50 gift certificate to Geo's Pizzeria in Hamden. Pizza the way you like it. And the overall season winner could get a $500 cash card Courtesy of Nor'easter Organic Life Hydroponics. So check the stats, go with your gut, and play Rock 102's Pro Picks Pool from Nor'easter Organic Life Hydroponics and Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. All right, we were talking uh, in the news about uh, Smith & Wesson being sued by uh, victims of the Chicago shooting back on July 4th. And, you know, one of the issues is the advertisements. And Bax and I were just talking about, like, where are these advertisements? Because I, I haven't seen them. But these are these are things I, I just found some, and I I'm not taking a stance on this either way because I don't until I see all of the evidence I really can't make a decision on whether or not I agree with that. But right. some of these things are kind of raising a little a few red flags. They get this uh, the Junior 15, the JR 15. That's get, a that's a child's gun, right? Yeah, get yeah. them get get them one like yours, smaller, safer, lighter, and patented, safely made in the USA. And they highlight the one. Our goal was to develop a shooting platform that was not only sized correctly and safe, but also looks, feels, and operates just like mom and dad's gun. Now, uh, when was this ad created? Is this uh, a recent one? Well, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think the, the there's this article is titled. The five gun ads that are alarming critics uh, and changing laws. Okay. So right. they must be somewhat relevant. This one is the Urban Super Sniper. You need that. From though. Bushmaster. I can totally see where you might need that. Consider your man card reissued. When did you lose the man card? I had no idea. Uh, forces of opposition bow down. You are single-handedly outnumbered. Okay, well, there you go. You're yeah. preparing somebody for some sort of battle that's non-existent. Okay, but where are these where are these ads running? Well, they these, look like they're in magazines. Ma- they look stuff? like well, they're in magazines and they're online. There's a lot of them are on Twitter. This one right. is like a screenshot from a Twitter. Um, here's a kid sitting there, uh, like a little kid, probably about three years old, with a with some kind of assault weapon in his hand, and it says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Yeah, I don't know about that, but... <clears throat> yeah. All right, okay. So, we, you know, I'm, I'm willing to stand corrected on that. I mean, you know, it, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm sure they're out there and they're marketing themselves. Yeah. The gun manufacturers. I'm sure they do that. Yeah, but uh, you know, to me, the argument about whether or not a gun manufacturer is responsible for a criminal act... Of of that sort, I but, I don't know. You know, and and that's the thing that I take issue with as well because I don't feel that I think everything is a personal choice. 
you know, there are things. I, I can't say that anything made me do something. You know what I mean? I'm. It's like the same argument. You know, does does a bottle of Jack Daniels make you want to get into a car and get into an accident? No, it's the choice of the drunk guy who no. may or may not have been using Jack Daniels. Yeah. Uh, but that's not Jack Daniels that gave that gave no. him the keys to the car. No, you know what Jack Daniels makes you want to do? Throw a mixed drink at the trivia wheel at the Salty Dog Saloon in downtown Springfield. <laughs> Yeah, no, I can see that. Not I, that I've had any personal experience with that. I'm right. just saying now, that that's the kind of thing that it could but, lead to. But what in a uh, but what would make you want to throw the glass at the trivia wheel? Is it the fact that you got a question wrong, or was it just the fact that your drinking was being interrupted by trivia? All right, so an alcoholic 15, 20 years ago walks into the Salty Dog Saloon, right? <laughs> And he sees the special for Jack and Cokes for three bucks. Well, right? how can you say no to that? So then, uh, you know, with the little money that he's got in his pocket, he uh, he gives the bartender on the first round uh, a fifteen dollar tip, knowing that he's going to be coming back drinking those three dollar Jack and Cokes the rest of the night. Sure. And on number six, the last call. <laughs> number six. Yes. The alcoholic has uh, only $3 in his pocket. Oh. The very amount needed for the Jack and Coke. Sure. And then uh, the bartender comes over and says, uh, $5. And then uh, that alcoholic starts arguing with the bartender, going, I did you understand what I said? Uh, yeah. 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 Well, why are you charging me more right. for the drink that cost me three dollars an hour ago? And then uh, did I get that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Good. And then uh, and then it was now it was the same bartender that received the fifteen dollar tip at the beginning of the night. Which, sure. When I say beginning of the night, I make it sound like uh, this alcoholic was there for hours. Uh, we're talking, uh, you know, two hours. <laughs> Again, six, six drinks in two hours, and pretty then, good uh, clip. So uh, when when the bartender uh, gave him guff and uh, that alcoholic had to d- dig for quarters in his pocket to make up the difference, right? Uh, the bartender said something uh, as to uh, this is not how it works around here or whatever, and uh, and then the alcoholic said, well, you, you dumb broad, uh, you don't remember uh, the, me giving you $15 for a tip before this whole thing started, and then takes the <laughs> takes the luckily plastic cup and throws it at the trivia wheel that was at the Slothy Dog Saloon. Sure. Luckily, that alcoholic did not get thrown out on his ass onto the street. Yeah, he's downtown very lucky. Springfield. Very lucky. But uh, I'm saying, uh, I don't even know how we got on this conversation. I don't know, and I'm sure it's a totally hypothetical situation. Oh, because situation. Jack Daniels wouldn't make you do things like that. Right. It's it's uh, it's the uh, it's, it's poor service. That's what it was. No, I actually, I actually think it's a layer of irresponsibility of the alcoholic who didn't know how to behave himself in a time of disappointment. You know what? This discussion is over. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> that man had a hard night. It's eight fifty. He had to get the. It was just after he got the let out. Too. Right. Yeah. Oh man, that sucks. <laughs> it's eight fifty six with Bax and Dangle on Rock One Hundred Two.